Hello there everyone, welcome back to another episode of the ALM Fitness Podcast. Now in today's episode we're going to talk about creatine and the misconceptions of taking creatine and supplementing with creatine. Um, now I think this is a great topic to cover not only because a lot of us are already taking creatine, um, it's become a big thing over the last few years to, to, to take creatine if, we are, if you're also resistance training for, for the benefits that you can get. Um, but also because there are quite a few misconceptions and, and quite a few things that you might hear in the media or online or things that people have told you that may potentially be preventing you from from try, trying creatine or from taking creatine on a regular basis. So we're going to hopefully dispel some myths today, um, but also just go through any common questions that, that come up. Now, just a little plug in terms of where I'm getting this information from. I'm sure a lot of you will be keen to hear. Um, obviously, I have my experiences with creatine and people I've spoken to, but this is more, much more in-depth than that. This is from a recent scientific review paper that came out titled Common Questions and Misconceptions About Creatine Supplementation. Um, now, this is done by Antonio and colleagues. Um, and basically, a review, without boring you too much so we can get straight into it, is basically where they cram all of the different scientific studies into one kind of summary. So it's very easy to, or very uh, very accurate, this information, because they're taking lots of different studies and they're looking at the overall scientific landscape as opposed to just one single study, which is quite easy to cherry pick, let's say, a bad study with a bad outcome. So really good, uh, really good accuracy here. So the first question we've got is, does creatine lead to water retention? Um, and the summary that came up with here was basically some studies have shown that creatine leads to water retention. And this usually happens kind of in the first uh, few days of, of taking creatine. You might experience your kind of body holding onto a little bit more water. And this could potentially translate into slightly greater scale weight to what you see on the scale. However, really important to mention, and we'll touch on this later, it's not fat mass. So very different, very easy to get rid of water weight compared with fat mass. Um, they're completely different things, but it may lead to a little bit of extra scale weight, just a tiny bit. However, a lot of this water weight is actually intracellular. So what we, we would deem kind of inside the cell and inside your muscles as well. So it's not necessarily going to give you the look of looking heavier. It might actually make your muscles just look slightly bigger, which you know, might not be a bad thing for some people. Having said all of that, the summary that they came up with was while there's some evidence to say that creatine could lead to water retention, there's actually quite a few studies that also suggest it doesn't affect your total body water at all. So as a result, they've summarized by saying creatine supplementation may not even lead to water retention at all. So that's some useful information there. It could, it might not, it probably depends on the individual. Um, but either way, it doesn't mean you're going to kind of gain fat. It just might mean there's a little bit of extra scale weight if you experience it um, and it's not going to be a lot at all and it won't necessarily make you look uh, like you have more fat mass on your body. So the next one is is creatine and anabolic steroid. So quite an in interesting one here because this is something that might come up especially if you're talking to friends who perhaps don't know too much about kind of sports supplements and what to take and they may when you kind of talk to them about creatine and you talk about the benefits, they may think, oh, isn't that like a steroid? Um, well, 
this is completely different. So in summary, what, what they've decided here is because creatine has a completely different chemical structure, it is not an anabolic steroid. So it's very far away from an anabolic steroid. It does it works in completely different ways, follows completely different pathways within the body. It's definitely not an anabolic steroid. However, you will experience some muscle gain and some strength gain, which is brilliant without all the downsides and the negative effects of taking steroids. Having said that, of course, it won't be, the results won't be as impressive as if you did take anabolic steroids nowhere near as impressive uh, but uh, yeah you can't really compare the two so the next one is does creatine cause hair loss and baldness and again some of these are more widely reported than others in terms of how often they crop up as questions a lot of these are just kind of anecdotal things that have popped up on forums or whatever so really a lot of these shouldn't be taken that seriously but the evidence is there in terms of you know, does it happen or does it not happen? So they've reviewed it anyway. Um, and they've decided here, in summary, the total body of evidence does not indicate um, that creatine causes uh, hair loss or baldness. So again, which is uh, uh, quite uh, interesting. Uh, it might be quite important uh, if you were concerned about that. Another point here is, is creatine harmful for children and adolescents? Now, whilst any kind of nutritionist or uh, any personal trainer can't recommend anything in terms of supplements for or probably shouldn't recommend it to children or adolescents um, unless you know it's kind of helped by a doctor um, whilst that may be the case they have included this in the review because there have been studies on this topic so they can they can kind of come up with a conclusion um, based on those studies and it says that in summary based on the limited evidence creating supplementation appears safe and actually potentially beneficial for children and adolescents. So they've actually taken lots of different studies where they would have given creatine to children, uh, maybe also with the resistance training program, and it could be uh, even beneficial potentially for children and adolescents, which is, which is uh, interesting. Again, doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, uh, you know, if you are a child or an adolescent, that you should immediately start taking creatine without consulting your healthcare professional, because that is definitely the case. You should be speaking to someone first if you think about taking anything. Um, However, useful to know. Another important one is, is creatine loading phase required or is a loading phase with creatine required? So what is a loading phase? Well, essentially, when you start taking creatine, you can go kind of one or two ways in terms of what, what tends to be popular. So creatine loading is generally speaking over around about five to seven days. You supplement with about 20 to 25 grams a day, which is what we would consider quite high when it comes to creatine, just for those five to seven. And then from then on, you will take what's called a maintenance dose of the normal around five grams of creatine every day from then on. Now, the other option is just going to the maintenance dose straight away, taking five grams a day, and, and, and again, just carrying on with that without doing the loading dose. And what they've concluded here is that in summary, accumulating evidence indicates that you do not have to load creatine, which is, you know, very useful information. So lower daily dosages of creatine supplementation. So they say here that's three to five grams a day are effective for increasing creatine stores and improving muscle performance and recovery. So therefore, as we can see, Creatine loading phase, not necessarily needed. Now, it may accelerate the buildup of creatine in your body, which is ultimately what we want. However, if you're taking it for the long term and don't really care about, you know, you're not like an elite athlete and care about your results within the next few weeks, uh, and you're more so taking it for muscle gain and strength gain over a long period of time, then just taking that maintenance dose five grams a day or three to five grams a day is more than enough. 
Another point here is creatine beneficial for older adults. Well, it says here that in summary, there's a growing body of evidence to suggest that creatine supplementation, especially when combined with exercise, uh, provides um, provides musculoskeletal and performance benefits in older adults. And there is some evidence also, this isn't within the review, but there is some evidence to suggest that I've seen that potentially there's some cognitive benefits coming out with creatine uh, for older adults. So there may be some benefits there that we don't even know yet. But again, that's early, early stages of that research. And we're going to go through probably just one more that they've covered here. And it says, is creatine only affected, effective for males? And I think this is a very important one to cover because we have a, there are a lot of um, you know females who are considering taking creatine and who obviously resistance train as well, um, and are thinking if it you know would it be beneficial for them or is it just associated with males taking it? Well, they've put here in summary there is accumulating evidence to suggest um, that creatine supplementation has the potential to be a multifactorial therapeutic intervention across the lifespan in females with little to no side effects. So overwhelming evidence there and some of the research that they've provided there, really, really useful information. Um, some very important things. And again, if you are a female thinking of taking creatine, uh, just as if you're a male taking creatine, it is extremely safe. Obviously, they're, they're Potentially, as far as I'm aware, there are no interactions, but obviously if you are pregnant or, or um, think you may be pregnant, very important to check with your doctor before you take anything. However, really useful to know that it is beneficial for females as well. So that's pretty much it. There are a few more on there, but I won't go through all of them. It's been a reasonably long episode today. Um, you can check out that article as well. I will link it in the kind of show notes of the description of this podcast. So you can go and look at that article and read in a bit more in depth into the the actual studies and find some more information. Uh, but other than that, that's all of the information that we've got for you today. And we'll hope that you tune in for another podcast next week. Thank you very much, everyone.